0: Welcome back to Coach Cameron's podcast. Uh, I have a friend of mine on the podcast today, so it's uh, Rick Tillman. We play together. He, I love the way he coaches. I, I I really enjoyed playing against him, and he's my guest today. So we're gonna we're gonna talk everything about Rick Tillman today, and then we'll talk about our visions of youth soccer, and we'll just go wherever it takes us. So, welcome, Rick. How are you you. doing?
1: Glad to be here.
0: So, real quick, let's get right to it. Let's uh, let's talk about you. you're not from here. Where, where are you from?
1: I'm Dutch. i so born and raised in uh, in Holland. Um,
0: I want. Uh, do you go? Do you go Holland often?
1: I try to go back at least once a year, and sometimes twice a year. Sometimes for business, do, and sometimes for pleasure. Well,
0: you, you know, I'm I'm a Wim Hof fan. Yes. So uh, big
1: believer myself, to be honest. I want
0: I want to I want to go there with you. I want to go straight to Wim Hof, but you, you have to have connections. I want to be paying yeah. those crazy fees they do. Right. Um, I'm
1: afraid I don't have those connections. Maybe I just really had a twin brother. I didn't realize that. Maybe that's our end.
0: (laughs) Going through twin twin brother. Maybe. (laughs) So, yeah, that that would be amazing. I'm a big fan of Wim Hof. So you do the cold showers too?
1: I'm learning it. Uh, Obviously, the meditation is now a big part of it. The older I get, let me put it this way. 20 years ago, if you would ask me about this stuff, I would honestly, would have laughed it off. Like, you know. Right. All the the airy uh, airy stuff. But now, the more I realize uh, mind over matter, the body is important, but the mind is more important.
0: So, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's it's changed my life. I actually recorded my first seventy-five days on YouTube, on my experience with Wim Hof doing the the Very cold cool. showers. Cold, we have a cold plunge. I'll show you after yeah. our cold plunge here. I go all the way neck, and I go for like twenty minutes. Man,
1: that's
0: no joke. Um, me and Jessica McDonald just did a cold plunge online. How oh, no, long did
1: you
0: do? We were like thirty-five plus minutes. It was like you couldn't feel anything, but you're shivering so much. It was like
1: and Jessica too.
0: Yeah, to raise money for girl soccer. So um so it, when when did you come to Arizona?
1: I was just finishing up law school. So in nineteen ninety-six, I graduated from law school and just ran into an American girl who was doing an internship there in Holland. And we fell in love and I packed my suitcases and just went out for the for the big adventure, not really knowing what it, where I was gonna end up at all. So I didn't come here to plan to become a soccer coach. I was still young enough to play, so I had hoped that Arizona had a, like, a real full-blown pro team where you could make a living. But no. as you well know, <laughs> Arizona saw in the previous century. I forget what we got, but if you got your gas money out of it, I think you could we, count yourself lucky.
0: We actually practiced right down the street yes. MetroTech.
1: Yeah, remember now.
0: Yeah, that was that was, uh, was late, late at 90s then or 2000s? So? It was late 90s, 97, 98 timeframe, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, sounds
0: about right. And that's about the time you just got here, huh? Yeah. Because I, I never knew. I, I remember you came. I remember you getting hurt a couple times, but I remember seeing your tech technical ability. I was like, man, this kid, I mean, you're quick. Um, you're very technical. And uh, I remember watching, I'm like, it, for someone that grew up in Arizona, I didn't have technique. So anytime I saw it, I was like, how did they get that technique? Mm-hmm. Like I was nuts about like when I was 19 – I, I love soccer. I knew that was a future for me because I was I was athletic and always always faster than everybody else. So I, I knew I had the advantage. I could have yes. played football and college and all that, but I wouldn't have been as successful. But I chose a sport where there was no athletes, and uh, that's how I. That's you
1: know, how I remember you too. Very goal direct, very fast. I think you sell sell yourself a bit short when you say you didn't have technique. Different. Dip. See, you've got the circus technique, juggling a ball ten thousand and all, yeah. all these cr- crazy tricks. But I'm not sure if that's that should be our goal. In that aspect, I agree with Jon Cruyff, the famous Dutch guy who said mm. that is circus stuff. Good technique has to be functional. You've got to be able right. to play the ball first touch with the right pace at the right time on the correct foot of your teammate, which is way more important than be yeah. able to juggle the ball 10,000 yeah. times. Well, the
0: thing is, like, I, I couldn't get my body to move with the ball. It was like I was fast. I can kick it, you know. Yeah, you were. Um, I, I could do that, but I wasn't quick. I'm quicker today with the ball in a small space, but I'm not as fast, obviously. But um, so I was always been fascinated about that, and so fascinated about your technique. Um, you know, maybe a lot of the kids that you know, I mean, they probably see your technique now, but not when you were uh, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. When I saw you, yeah. um, so where did you learn that technique? Describe to me what you went through with your youth that got you to have that technique that you had and the ability to play the game. Sure.
1: I think it's a twofold story. One, and that I feel for the kids here in Arizona because maybe they aren't able, maybe it's not unwillingness, maybe it's not being able, but street soccer does not exist here in Arizona. At least I don't see it. Sometimes you see in parks, like pickup games. I know on the West side, some of the Hispanic communities do, but uh, in general, it's not even close to what a kid is doing in, let's say, Rio de Janeiro or Amsterdam who sprints out of school at 3 p.m., picks up his lunch on the go, and mom tells him to just uh, not come back home until it's dark. So that's three, four hours on the street, unsupervised by adults, making your own rules. So hierarchy, yeah. standing up for yourself, all the little game and chip things. But, yeah, sometimes you play on grass, then on the street, then on clay, so you learn to adjust uh compared to the surface you're playing on, very tight spaces, a lot of 1v1s, 2v1s, 2v2s, just whatever boys were available in that neighborhood, you just split up and you just start playing. So no drills, just play, 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 play play. from the age 5 till at least age 14. So that's 9 to 10 years. I've done some math driving over here. It easily comes down to about 10,000 hours.
0: So that's purely street. Just playing. Yeah. So you basically have more hours playing the game and uh, who would you play? I mean, what, were they the same kids every time, yeah. or is it just a mix?
1: So I walked out of my front door. The direct neighbor was a year younger of mine, played soccer. The guys across the street were one year older, two years younger. So the four of us often played 2v2, and it's mostly the same guys. Sometimes you go to the school square, where you then maybe pick up some more kids from the neighborhood. Now you play 6v6. Yeah, But, yeah, I do believe... When it comes to the technique you mentioned, the realistic, getting out of a tight spot kind of thing, that's what I've learned on the street. I dare yeah. say.
0: Yeah. Well, it's be, humans. The, I think we we don't realize how powerful the human brain is if you let it learn. But you had to put them in the situation to be allowed to learn, right? And, and it didn't even
1: feel like learning. It's not like I went on the street and said, "Okay, I want to become a better soccer player." It was so fun. It was play. Yeah. I sometimes feel again here in Arizona as far as I can judge they come to team practice what three times a week an Maybe. hour and a half
0: if they're available yeah If they're
1: available very structured everything is adult supervised the rules are written already ahead of time and i think that takes away from their from their streetmanship their
0: you know the gamesmanship
1: the little yeah. things but it also takes away from the fun and the creativity most important you know
0: yeah. well the one thing you know, and I, I want to talk about your club and a lot of other things, but um, but the one thing I remember um, about you is your your coaching style because I I've, you know, I coached 96 girls. You had a 96 girls, yeah. And uh, we played a few times, but I remember one time we played at Reach 11, and uh, you know, I think I think we played a few times, maybe before you even took over the program, but we played that age group from your club. Um, yeah,
1: that was a good. Um... The generational girls I really yeah am.
0: and uh i remember um playing you guys and uh you guys played something familiar that I, that I really appreciate everything was foot to foot it was a thought out you know you guys were able to uh showcase everybody because it was a thought out process so uh h- how did you get your girls to play that way I'm like, how did you get, I mean, I get you have some demands, but what what were your successes? I, I don't know successes. I don't I haven't pay attention to a lot of other teams except my age group. I was coaching sure. at the time, but I remember they played soccer and I appreciated that. Um, and you guys beat us like 2-0 and embarrassed us. I was pissed because <laughs> my, my girls didn't play and we didn't showcase what we could do at that moment. Right. Um, and that's the
1: thing. I think to, go, to answer the question to you, as a youth coach, yeah, Unlike, let's say, you when you co- uh, coach a college team, I would imagine it's 90% about winning, even if it's an ugly game. Maybe I'm wrong, but at the higher adult levels, the pro levels, it's mainly about winning, 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 no matter what. Yeah. At a youth coach level, and this is where I think a lot of clubs go wrong, they also emphasize winning too much. It takes away from the creativity again so ideally you do both you play well and you win but I see winning not as a goal I do believe if you play well automatically the wins will come it's a, it's, a, it's like a byproduct of proper development well I think a lot of coaches and clubs here in the Valley have it the other way around winning at all costs got to win this Saturday and we'll deal with next month you know at yeah. practice next week and I find yeah. that's short term thinking and I do believe that's one of the main reasons for the American men's national team with all the resources they have, will well, we'll never. I should not never never say never. But as of this point, have never hit the top ten in in the world, and that's a crying shame. Yeah, it's
0: uh, and it, it, it. I think it's has everything to do with uh, youth soccer. Obviously, mm-hmm. that we we're the ones preparing them for any right. opportunity. I mean, whether it's one percent less, one percent go the next level, whatever. It's right. still we're dealing with that one yeah. percent. But you got to be
1: brave. you got to be able as a coach to rather take a loss teaching, let's say. Let's say you and I grew up probably passing it back to the keeper who could still pick it up. Do you remember those days? Yeah. So when that rule changed, the keeper now had to become almost like an 11th field player. So a lot of clubs decide not to play back to the keeper anymore, right? They just launch it forward. I will always, I will never, never do that. I'd rather have a back pass go wrong, get scored on, even lose a game in order to teach the right way. And that is tough in this environment
0: when the pressure of winning is so high. You're I, – I hardly – there's not many people that say that. I say that ex- – what you just said is exactly what I say nonstop. Like but I was I, telling you, this is why I have the podcast. The reason my podcast started because I get sick of saying the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, And I don't know how many times I pass the ball backwards where it got intercepted and all that stuff. But at the same time, um, I want everyone to develop te- technique. But if you wanted to beat, if you wanted to win a national title with your team, you got without recruiting. It's your team. The only way you could do it is controlling the game pace, hold on to the ball, dictate the game. I mean, you, you can do it. So I'll tell you, sorry, the 96 Hammers. Um, so I had them and we played in state and it was you 18 I, I took two years off. Well, let me tell that story real quick. So you, you were we were playing each other at Reach Eleven. Uh, girls were I think you fourteen or you fifteen, and um, that night was the first year I brought Roberto Bill over to the Hammers to be our, our director coach, and I was the technical director. Okay, gotcha. And um, so we didn't play well. It's our first game, first tournament because it was an August tournament, and uh, you guys beat us. I, and I had eighteen girls. Had a lot of girls gravitate to our program and. Um, and it had talent. I mean, it had a lot of talent, uh, handed that, uh, off to Roberto because a parent came to me and just went nuts on me, you know, like angry, like, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Because like, he lost the game. It, partially probably because we lost, but his daughter didn't play too much. She only, she oh, only played like half a game, but I had 18 girls. I was just cycling and it's a tournament, but there's four games on the weekend. Um, and I'm like, okay. Um, I'm like, okay. And I talk, I turned to Roberto Bell and I'm like, this is your team now. I'm done. You can have this. And, it, and I was getting paid $700 a month on that team. I'm like, I didn't even want the money because my conviction of, I mean, I felt so disrespected. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But because that team I had, I lit, they were all cut from Binat, all of them. And then some gravitated that way. And right. I'm like, I'll take them, I'll make them better. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have beaten Binat, the, the top team. So long story short, I take two years off. I come back to coach that team, same system, always you know, foot-to-foot, dictate the pace because we didn't have the talent to beat the top teams. So we go to State Cup and play TSA, who hasn't lost in two years to an Arizona team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we go to Tucson, playing that system of foot-to-foot, dictate the whole game. We played amazing. We had to play in Tucson at 10 a.m. Friday night we had prom at Verado. Eight of my girls were at prom. I'm like, we're going to get smashed. Yeah. We showed up. Played the system. And I told the girls, listen, I'm, like, I wasn't even worried about the game. Just showcase who we are. Keep the ball. Knock it around. I don't care what happens. We we had one 2-0. And we, I mean, we destroyed them.
1: And you won the right way.
0: We, we won the, the only way we could have won. You couldn't win the other way. Right. Because they're they're way more athletic. They play that game. But every time we play a team and we're able to possess... The opposition was so confused. They're like, this doesn't make sense to us because usually in girls' soccer, it's just boom, 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 out of control, yep. crash scenes everywhere, yep. and it's just hectic and, and crazy. So anyways, I, I um, I don't even know where I was going. where were we even talking about at that point? Where You were talking about
1: – well, I think we should finish the story about – you said you uh, liked my technique as a player. So I said it was a two fold upbringing. One was the street. Yeah. And I don't think we got to the second. No, place. we didn't.
0: The second let's, ball was. Let's up. get to that. Let's the second. That. Yeah. The,
1: um, well, no, let, if you don't mind, I, I want to. It takes courage as a coach to stand up to parents like that because the, the pressure is, is amazing. I mm. think it's really high. On top of that, and we just spoke about that offline. Is they unlike in Europe, they pay quite a bit of money here, right? To have a pro coach right. coach their kids. Maybe because they pay a few thousand dollars a year, they also think they've got some say or they're buying playing time. So yeah, it takes a coach with a spine, a club with ethics, to just take your losses. We lose kids who think they need to go to a DA or an ECNL because wow, they go, you know, they go to California, they win championships yeah. and I'm thinking okay if that's what you think it is short term thinking it might work for you this week or even this year but if you really want to develop and become the best player you can become I think you should go to what, what we call, talk to offline you know the Louis Dabo route Santos. Yeah. technique first
0: it, it has to be technique first but um, the uh, speaking of transition with DA and ECNL it, it's interesting to watch you know what's something cool about the my podcast is I I have an academy here. Uh, It's called the Bears Academy, little bears. Um, We're not affiliated with uh, ASA or anything like that. They have to sign a disclaimer. It's just, it's a fundraiser for our college, 25 bucks a month. Um, May I ask
1: how many players
0: run around in that program? We'll get up to high around 75 and they'll dip down to 30. Um, But um, you'd be shocked how many kids are from DA and ECNL because what what we do and we don't do it all the time and I'm reshaping it because it's a lot of work for no pay for me because I'm fundraising for my program Um, but um, we set up a lot of fields and a lot of the times they're playing against college kids which is huge so I bring that element of play
1: yeah
0: parents can't be there no you know I I, they have to stay under in there
1: I've got a few kids that work with you the Freemans you know Freeman David and Daniel
0: yeah they They, they they came out for like six months Yep. Um, and uh, it's a great environment when they're able to play and less structure because the structures are given by the clubs. Why would I want to do that? I don't want to compete or do that. I want to give kids an opportunity to play. So we'll set up, you know, up to 10 fields and just let them play, give them dribble in the beginning, let them play, do 4v4, 3v3, 2v2, 1v1, and we'll grab them, move them around. They're playing with college kids, everything in between, and they, the kids love it. Parents, maybe not as much. Um, but i don't care i mean and it's less stressful yep. you know i'm not I'm not worrying about well, the thing think
1: that hey you're not coaching you're just letting them play not, exactly. not realizing that that oh. kind of replaces the street soccer we spoke about earlier yeah
0: and we need more of it so Agreed. the um but to get to the the deal with the parent and i've dealt with it like i i'm one of the last coaches out there that i'm like i i call myself uh uh yoda i'm like i'm i'm hiding in some swamp i'll, I'll train like one jedi and that's about it right and i hide because uh, I've done it, I've been there for I, I, I've been 15 years, you know, right. and all you do is because of the amount of money involved, you get stabbed in the back repeatedly. Yep. And you're yeah, you with,
1: develop elephant skin. Or else you oh my word! In, this, uh, in, this, in this, but, this world.
0: But I, I've I left because I don't. I, it has to be about change. If we're not gonna, if we're not focused on technique, and they're gonna actually become something so my number one goal with any kid i'll I'll say this to all the parents i don't care if you're making your varsity team i don't care if you're trying to go d1 i don't i don't want to talk about it i'll tell you the only way to get there but um you have to quit everything and choose make it your passion but my number one thing is i want you to uh own the soccer ball like no one can get the ball from you in a five by five space ever never until you until you get to that point, you'll never love the game. I hated soccer. I didn't like it. I did it because I got a college scholarship, and we ran a lot. I, that's not fun to me. No. G- going full speed and killing people, that's not fun to me. Maybe getting the high of winning a game but for a moment, but I didn't go and play soccer. I hated it. Yeah. I play soccer more now in my 40s than I did as a kid Isn't because I can, yeah. I can hold the ball. I played this morning. I played football against college kids. I enjoy it because I can hold the, I can do something with right. the ball. So,
1: And that's another thing sometimes youth coaches, I think, forget is, okay, let's say you have that super fast 15-year-old uh, as a striker. Launch the balls forward, he'll run into it, he scores, you win. You feel like a great coach. That kid is going to be so limited by the time he's 18, and now he's up against the who who is just as tall, just as fast, and just as strong, and all of a sudden you see his
0: limitations. It's really it, short-term. It's sad. It's sad. You know, it it's, sad. it's like, uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. Uh, so my son plays on Tuzo's. I'm a fan of Tuzos because they are the culture of soccer. It's the Hispanic community. Yes. So we went to the culture. We went where the game's being played. Mm-hmm. Is the coaching top notch or no? no? I'm not coaching over there. i I help them out occasionally. Okay, they but eat and breathe they love the game and they're playing all the time. Almost too much, which I like. Um, <laughs> but the uh but this last weekend they played um or playing uh, someone, I don't know who it was it was the worst soccer i ever seen. They're just kick. They have three kids up front can run. My son plays the 10 and I swear he touched the ball like five times. The whole game? Uh, Maybe. It was so bad. And I like, there was nothing settled. And I was like, I was talking to parents and half of them don't even speak English. And I'm, I'm like, um, I'm with the parents and I fight with them all the time. I'm like, I came here to play with Mexicans. What the flip is this? I'm like this, what is this? <laughs> And you guys are cheering that we're winning. I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. I signed up to f- be part of it, Mexicans, and they're like Mexican, yeah, Mexican national team. Play like them, keep the ball. Conscious I'm like,
1: what qu- conscious question for you? Would huh? you rather have your kid play well and lose, or rather have you play your kid bad and
0: win? Play well and lose, right? Every time, I'm like, I could easily take my son's. Very, he could play any system because he grew up playing with college. He's been playing against college kids since he was seven. Yeah,
1: that'll make you better.
0: Maybe. <laughs> His his, tech, his technique, and he doesn't do anything special. Everything's one-two touch soccer. I'm about dribbling. He wouldn't do it because he's been playing with these college kids. He's just boom, 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 boom. He better because
1: if he takes a third touch, he's flying six feet up in the air. And
0: I always wonder, I'm like, because I know he has ability. Like, he can dribble and take beat on three, four players. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you take over the game? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. Yeah. He's open. I'm like, I'm not going to argue so, that. So to switch
1: gears. But here we come now to the second. Again, mm-hmm. you like my technique. The second part is when I was 14, I get scouted by the Eredivisie club Fortuna Sittard, so I go to their youth program for five years. You 16, two years. You 18, two years, and the reserves. And 90% of those sessions, as far as I remember them, and of course I'm implementing that now in my own coaching, is an awful lot of passing and receiving drills, the diamonds, the mm-hmm. martini glasses, whatever you call them, over and over <coughs> and over until you can dream it. And the second part is an awful lot of possession games. I know the new hot word here is Rondo, but we were playing Rondos 20-25 years ago. Um, and that is that recreating all those game situations over and over and over again. So when the real game comes around and you get that ball, it's almost an automatic pilot. You know, okay, freshers yeah. from that side, got to play it first time this way. And that's what I'm trying to install. And that's, I don't know if you know what the Dutch team is a bit known for, but we don't have a big country as, let's say, England, Germany, France. they got three or four times as many people as we do. But for some reason... Every generation, there is a Dutch national team that plays at the top of the world. Yep. Why? I think it's because of proper development.
0: It's culture. It it's your culture. I mean, um, I, I always said this. I'm like, if I was only born somewhere else, my steps on the uh, same thing. If I was born somewhere else with my athletic ability, it oh, would have man, been a different, different God. world. But um, yeah, it's very. But the other thing is hard is you'll get teams, and you'll have every different kind of level. You'll have kids that you need to, you would like to send them to a dribbling coach for like a month, come back in a month. I'm like, the
1: same team as the superstar.
0: it's, it's so mixed. There's just not consistency. Um, and you're trying to develop that. And, and you have to be honest with the kids. I'm like, I, I, everyone I'm in contact with, I always say, listen, you're not good enough. I don't care how good they are. You're not good enough. I'm like, if you're not training uh, seven days a week, two hours at home, Every day, call it done. Amen. It can't. It's, it can't. It can't happen. No coach here and anywhere on earth can fix technique and stuff if they're if they're not willing to put in the time at home. No it's impossible.
1: There's no shortcuts. There
0: really so, isn't. No, you got to put in the work. Work. Work is everything. And and it's very interesting to see um, the ones that do put in the work. So like we have technical players here. We do. It's just not enough of them. Uh, I, I'm gonna just talk about the girls right now. So a lot of girls I've trained. Uh, my daughter Dakota, extremely technical, can do anything with the ball, can lose pressure, all that stuff. But she's tiny. She's not athletic like a Division One athlete. Um, but she goes to Seattle U. You know, she's playing there. Except she hates it. Why? The style of play. There's not enough of her there. Like she can't combine. Like she can't touch the ball. It's yeah. kind of like what my son Jack went through.
1: To be super honest with you, when I was playing here in the late 90s with the Swords, oh, yeah. I had that same frustration. Okay, oh,
0: I, I would imagine how you it'd be horrible. I, I I will never play again. Like I get invited. You won't play over 40 something. No, I play in the open league with Still, good players. Nice for you, man. Well, occasionally. Um, but I was actually last spring, I felt really good because of the Wim Hof. I kid you not, it's killed me that I was playing in two leagues. I played over 40s. Mm-hmm. I played on the top team, though, with all this. Spe- no one spoke English. I didn't care. Um, but they played. We, we won it. But I have to play with people that can play because there's no fun. No. And the teams we're playing are crazy.
1: Your son is a sentiment, you say, a 10? Ten? 10, yeah. I remember in uh, Soros, I, I was a sentiment myself. If you're a sentiment and all you do all game long is looking at balls going over your head, back and forth. Um, man then might as well quit where's the funk
0: no it, there there is none um it was just a stepping stone if you want to further your career somehow some way mm-hmm. you know um but it you gotta you gotta be able to play with people that, that can actually play right. um and it, it but there's a lot of girls that are that are technical like the ones i've been involved with like i coach at millennium high school um i have girls that went on to division one and quit and they're good and they just don't like it because it's so different. At, I get Millennium High School, whatever. Um, we play. We knock the ball around. We have a lot of technical girls there, but I let them play. They, we have a real problem at the university level. A bunch of cowards. Stanford women's. Wow. They play. I mean, they're, I would pay to watch them play. They're amazing. Well, I mean, I they, they
1: work on that at practice, don't you think? That's not doesn't come by
0: accident. Oh, well, yeah. They're foot to foot. They out the back. It, they play like men. Mm-hmm. And they played UNC in the final. UNC does not play like that. UNC is very direct, or maybe because Stanford made it that way, mm-hmm. but it was very ugly. And they and luckily Stanford won in shootouts. Because I'm talking to Jessica McDonald the whole time. I'm like, I hope your team loses. She's like, no, wait. I'm like, listen, Stanford needs to win this game because if they lose, then we're gonna be promoting that garbage soccer. Yeah. Sorry, it's garbage. Um
1: yeah, that's a good point. And it's, just like life, soccer is not always fair. You know, the better team
0: doesn't always win. Unfortunately. And so the the Stanford staff, I don't know them, uh, on the women's side. I'm not, I'm not too much a fan of uh, the way Jeremy Gunn plays, but it's effective. He wins. Um, Jeremy Gunn is that they have they're not allowed to think. It's system, mm-hmm. but he wins. So I'm not going to argue with that. Won three national titles in a row. Yeah. But for this developing you mentioned about winning at pc i'm fortunate enough my, my whole team is Hispanic. they're from the culture side these guys can play yeah it's more of i deal with discipline well they like we train at sure. 6 a.m three times a week in the off season it's cold for them and um they uh if i can get them to show up at 6 a.m three times a week I changed their life because they're already good. Yeah, They're already good, Yeah, Um, and we play beautiful soccer. And I don't focus on – it's funny that we talk about that. I don't focus on winning at all at PC as of last November. I I stopped. I changed everything I did, and now we're winning more.
1: Yeah, it becomes not the goal by itself and in itself. It becomes an automatic side product of proper development. That's what I preach all the time, guys. Winning is nice, but at 14 years old, that's not a college world coach in the world I think maybe I'm wrong that asks a player what level they played or what division they played when they were 14 years old no. they're not
0: interested in that we don't care can they fit the system like so at PC we have um, they're all technical I literally all I have to do is put a, put a formation together um, and sub
1: and go play that's
0: it yeah. the rules are simple go forward pass it to your team if you can score score Can't give it to someone that can and freedom. Yeah. I'll give them basic concepts, but they're, but they're so, they're able to be so creative. They're so they can get out of different situations. They can identify how to combine because they played
1: right
0: now. If I was at say Chandler Gilbert, different population of people, less technical, I would have to script it and that would be horrible. And I would not
1: turning them into robots in the, uh,
0: yeah. I don't want anything to do with that. I want freedom to play and I, I, I want, to teach life skills and all that stuff and
1: right more so oh, you, I, later I in my you age cannot just wipe that away i think that's very important through soccer and that's big what we teach at fc batavia is you also teach life lessons and i know it's getting philosophical maybe not but i'm a big believer in soccer being a microcosm of life so things like teamwork and leadership and communication and commitment man even if they stop playing at age 18 those are lessons they're going to benefit from the rest of their lives at school in relationships
0: everywhere. Yeah. Sorry, well, in, in the, their jobs, everywhere. Let let's talk about a little bit of I, I tell I tell the um, my um my players, anyone I'm in contact with all the time, I'm like they're like, Should I go to another club or be it? I'm like I'm like you should choose a coach. I'm not a fan of saying clubs. If you So uh, what I was saying is, is like I, I tell everyone, don't find a coach that will allow you to play the game. So here's the race. I'm like, I don't care what team you belong to or anything like that. It doesn't matter if you win a trophy or anything. It's how many real touches can you get in, in a game and make a decision that's yours versus being dictated by the sideline? If you're able to find an environment where you can actually – if you're able to get, say, 30 opportunities on the ball – in a, in every game you play with that team, regardless of who you play or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's challenging enough that you're actually you can get those opportunities versus go play for a top team, win trophies,
1: and be a marginal bench player, and man.
0: get well. Even if you're a player like Jack, I mean, and you're only touching it five times, get the heck out,
1: yeah.
0: or find another opportunity. That's where you know you you have some DA clubs or DA the way DA is design, designed can't play high school. You can't, you can't do any other extracurricular. You might be, you might travel to wherever it gets rained out. You can't play soccer in a while. You're doing your sessions, whatever three times a week or whatever, four times. Um, But you're not playing. And then the times it doesn't rain out or bad weather or whatever it might be, you play say 20 minutes in two days and you're not allowed to play in a six V six league on Monday or somewhere else to make up for that. It's it's the, it's asinine. It's, 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 the craziest thing I've ever heard. How can you possibly get better without without
1: competing? So here's the big question in my eyes. How do you break that? Because that's a myth. That's a misconception. How do you break that? How do you prevent parents from buying into that? Because I, it's really whatever you think of the clubs that stand for that. One thing I got to give them is they brand themselves pretty well. If you want to play at the highest level in Arizona, you got to come to us. If you want to go play ECNL, you got to come <laughs> to us. But... for every success story I hear about those clubs, I can give you 10 names of kids that are burned out, quit the game, Mm. injured, don't doing well at school. How do you break that myth? How do you break that
0: misconception? I think what we're doing now talking about is huge. I think, um, uh, and I've said this a lot of times when I do my three V three terms and stuff, I'm like, I only want people at my events that have a similar philosophy that like, I'll give you an example. I just had a futsal tournament. At my futsal tournament, there was only uh, 12 teams. It was smaller. But the people that were there, I knew the coaches. Like we had uh, Diego from RSL, Brazilian. His team plays amazing. He doesn't care. Like, And I had another team there, Hispanic team that filled in bracket. I like them. Great soccer they play. One of their players who was out joined another team. We all knew it. I'm like Diego. That that player's, a, you know, he's not supposed to be there. He's like, he goes, I don't care. I'm like, this this is why I love working with people that understand. And they actually that that team beat Diego's team, and he didn't care. He didn't say a word. He's like, he did his coaching. Uh, did, awesome. did, didn't didn't care. So it's
1: about the kid in this case. It's
0: yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like the Hispanic kid was jumping like they typically do, and I'm like, he's like good. And he, he, yeah. he should play a lot. Yeah, and. They lost, but they still won the bracket. They won the turn, but he had no idea on the point. He didn't care. Everyone, a lot of parents are all looking at the board, where are we at? Yeah, they once cared, didn't care about anything. Sometimes I
1: feel like half more than half the job is educate or re educating the parents more than teaching. Yeah, the field. oh, it's because they don't know soccer. So the only way they can measure it is indeed by win loss records. It's that's one thing that soccer is not easy, for example, compared to track and field, where you can see numbers show your yeah. progress, right? In soccer. You know, how do you judge if a kid get, is getting better? So I, not as, I've it's been trying as to,
0: I've been trying to solve that forever, mm-hmm. like forever. So it started with, uh, actually I learned it from Drew Granari from Mesa Community yeah, College. great guy. So he had, he, for a soccer team, he would, he would rank his kids, um, every touch. So basically every time they pass the ball forward to their team, it's plus one. Every time they pass the ball backwards or square, um, to their team, no points, but no negative, but they gave the ball forward minus one gave the ball backwards or square minus two and he just ranked them simply like that Mm -hmm. i'm like that's brilliant so i would post how they did and it made my job easier i'm like hey you touch the ball 15 times and you're negative five this guy's starting yeah so that was the a fair way of doing it then i made a soccer app where the parents would uh push as soon as they touch the ball they touch 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 and then um, when they stop touching the ball, it'll be success or failure. And so, it was success or failure. You have that
1: app still? I, I do. Gives them but, something to do. <laughs>
0: so I, I I did many tests with it, and it's like I would say the value of a negative is if it doesn't go to your team. And then we got in situations of it was the deflo- it was a bad pass, but it was kicked out. Still, your ball is that negative right, or positive? Right, right. And it was nonstop at trying to educate it. So. Now I'm, I need to make it more simple. I just want the parents to just touch. How many times they touch the ball and did they pass it forward or backwards and it was successful sure or not? That's eye
1: that's it. I think the kid is great. And then they start doing that and they realize, hey, my kid is not
0: that good. It, it, it does. The parents don't don't know that they don't know. Right. So uh, remember I was telling you about the TSA. Yep. Uh, we won that game. Well, in the State Cup, you only can sub so much. I'm like, you're limited. Uh, it was limited back then. Right. And uh, we won. And, of course, I got yelled at by parent my daughter should have been playing more i'm like uh, by two parents um and i'm like listen our girls are playing well i wasn't going to touch it and we just beat a team that hasn't been beaten two years so yeah. i think i did something right he was still mad. i told him I'm like, whatever. You I'm like, you ruined such a great – wait a day. Let me have the day.
1: Let me guess. that happened right I can, after the game as well?
0: Right yeah. after. Immediately, two That's nut one jumps. thing we
1: installed, and I'm very big on that, is the 24-hour rule. Do not approach me after a game. Everybody's emotional, especially if your kid didn't play or we lost the game. But, man, sleep on it. you yeah. have right. an email if you like, but don't hit send. Get it out of your system. But do not approach me in the parking lot after a uh, game.
0: You know, I, I re- just send an email right away. I won't look at my email. I'll, at least I'll have the option of 24 hours. But, um, so that same parent, so we, after state cup, we played in a women's division, um, uh, at the food city they have in May. Um, so I had all the parents, like in paperwork. I'm like, Mark, how many time your kid touches a ball, success or failure? That's it. And his daughter was normal and losing the ball all the time and all that stuff. And he came to me, kid you not came to, I was shocked, made my day. He came up to me and said, I'm so sorry. I I see it.
1: Wow. That's, that's simple. Big. I'm like, that's big of him.
0: It, the, the biggest problem we have is literacy because if that's our number, it's not math. I always thought it was like math and all that. No, it's literacy. It's understanding what people are saying because the fact, if you don't have a soccer background, they don't hear what we say. That's correct. I never really realized that they, they don't hear what we say yeah.
1: the things we unless they that. have
0: a background. So oh. how important it is to educate the parents? It is. You got to get them watching the game. You got the parents have to be just as integrated as the kid.
1: Dave, and that's one of the reasons I'm here. I, I just stumbled upon your podcast on LinkedIn, and I loved it right away. The content. It also made me realize that you and I think the same way. So maybe we're not the only two yodas. Maybe there are more people that think like you and me.
0: Yeah, th- there's a lot actually. Well, not a lot.
1: Maybe we gotta unite somehow. I don't know how, but maybe. maybe I, I know exactly. Know
0: I know exactly what we do. If you're willing. Um, Very much let's so. let's let's get let's get a list of people. I have a, I have a list. I'm sure you have a list.
1: Not that one. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, of maybe people that
1: think like us. Yeah,
0: know. yeah. So if we so would have
1: to think about that, that, but yeah, we need sure to
0: find them. I, I have actually quite a few, and you're now added to it. Um, mm-hmm. We we do we do some host tournaments here. Make it inexpensive as possible, like five bucks, mm-hmm. just so I could pay for the facility, and um, and we we promote it. We're coming together because we want the kids to be able to play and learn and stuff like that, and we just come together.
1: As, as the alternative to you know the, the clubs that describe, you know, scream of the rules that you've got to play ECNL in order to succeed.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and But the thing is, if we can get together and play um, and network together to say, how do we change the game? What can we do? And this can be a Wednesday night. This could be any night, once a month or whatever it takes, just to get us together mm-hmm. let the kids play, an opportunity and maybe together we could talk to the parents we have to was that,
1: that um, one of the main reasons to organize it because you just said it they're illiterate they do not Yes, yeah, it, so it's up to us to so educate
0: and it'd be so nice to hear from say Tomic, who uh who is RSL yep. and he would emphatically say to the parents don't run to another club looking for the you need to you need to stick with Rick Tillman. You need to stick with Dave Cameron. You need to stay where you're at um, because development is on you. Yeah. And if you have an opportunity to be allowed to develop with someone with your philosophy, it's like that's yeah. where you need to be.
1: That's another thing. Parents, I totally agree. Another thing parents, the mistake they make in their thinking is that it's the club or the team or the level that sells, that gets that kid that scholarship. No, it is you and an individual and the club and the team you play for is only second there.
0: It's a phone call. It is. Isn't it's it? a phone call from Rick Tillman. It's a phone call from Dave Cameron. I mean, it's who you know. It's not what you know
1: necessarily.
0: Well, for me, I've been around so long. When I was early coaching, like five years, I would give um, recommendations that weren't, I wouldn't say dishonest. I just didn't know. Got to be
1: careful.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I got blackballed. And then stop believing
1: you eventually. Yeah,
0: so I cleaned that up. I started getting and a lot of things I just didn't know. I didn't know what the level was. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that I'm more versed into it, and I would never give a recommendation. Someone doesn't deserve it to a level. I would never do that because that would compromise me. Yep. But if you're good, you're good, and it's very simple. You got to be very good and be good in the classroom. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um,
1: And then for the guys that have the the end goal, not becoming a high school player or college, but really want to become the professional. Um, you might be good in Arizona, but then every now and then I take the top talents to my old uh, pro club in Holland. Mm-hmm. The top talents. The so then the 1% in Arizona. And they go there thinking that is shit. And then all of a sudden they realize, hey, hang on, there's a whole level out there, a whole higher level out there. There are dozens of kids in Amsterdam on Rio de Janeiro running around like me. I better find... Another way to, to make myself
0: better. It, th- I didn't get. A, I didn't. My eyes weren't open until I went to Dallas Cup. So I played in the super group. We were the U nineteen state champion, Cisco. Mm-hmm. We got. We had to play Taiwichi, who's a three time defending champions. Everyone's like, oh, they had the illegal players. It don't matter. These guys were tiny. I did, That was the only game in my entire life. I did not touch the ball, <laughs> right. and I played the whole game.
1: All comfortable. On the I ball. did not
0: touch the ball. We'll Playing two three touch. I, 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 I my goal at, in the second half was just go kick someone, <laughs> and I couldn't even do that. I love it. Their corner kicks, they would hit a long ball to the other side, bring it down. And I'm like, what the heck are we dealing with? We lost 10 0, which was <laughs> thank gosh, it was only 10. Only 10. Didn't touch it. It was miserable. And I almost quit soccer. I'm like, I can't compete with this because I wanted to be professional. And I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. It was horrible. It was the worst experience of my life. And the most, I wish I had that when I was eight. Right. So there's,
1: but but where we started was the street soccer thing. I'm not sure if we can blame a six-year-old here in Arizona that they don't play street soccer. Unlike how I grew up, there's safety, there's distance. I literally played on the street. My mom could look through the window and see me play. I don't, these you know what I'm trying to say? I, they got to get organized somehow. Or
0: but the parents can do it. Like I have a, I have a soccer field in my backyard. I started a soccer league in my back backyard for my kids awesome. for like two years People would be knocking on our doors. Jack or Jet home, like who are you? Like we have a game. I'm like, so we said I show my kids how to set up like brackets and all that. But eventually they just played. They didn't want to be that organized, but they were kids nonstop. And then it became for me, it was a hassle because my wife who's staying home, uh, mom, which helped at the time. Sure, she uh, was able to uh, kind of oversight, and that was overwhelming for her. There's people. We then we're worried about do your parents know you're here? Kind of thing. Yeah. But that's a
1: safety thing. So I'm not sure we can blame them, but we've got to talk about it. We got to make them understand that coming to team practice three times a week ain't gonna cut it. It mm -hmm. just ain't.
0: No, it's it's not. And uh, um, but you got to create a culture in your home. Like for for me, my not all my kids play. Um, uh, Ryan doesn't play Jet. I'm hoping he decides to play. He actually went to practice at Little Bears on Monday. I was like, great. He's different interests, but we're a soccer family. It's part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Every Christmas for eight Christmases in a row, we have a like parents versus kids. We've won them all exception of we lost last year for the first time. And then we got our title back this past year. Nice. <laughs> we film it, put on YouTube. And then our whole field is like, we had my son two years ago, come out with a big old spinning globe that had the champions league uh, music. And then YouTube shut it down. but, um, <laughs> but you got to create in your home and, we have soccer, like I'll take my kids like we'll, we'll go to um during the World Cup or some uh, big EPL game we go I, I take them down to the the pub yeah. we'll go to George and Dragon George and Dragon yeah, and you know and they'll remember that forever yeah you get, the parents have to if they if they really cared if they are as caring as they are on the sidelines, they'll do this stuff. take your children to the pub, yeah. show them the game yeah, develop them opportunities to play at home some capacity they got to play yeah you got to figure it out
1: too many distractions for these kids multiple sports as well and other interests and you know they got to get keep their heads straight if you want to succeed you got to go all in you cannot be 90 percent in
0: yeah and i always fight with the multi-sport people i'm like i'm like i think at a certain
1: age it's okay dave but then you get to if you want to get serious and you turn but they do it at like like
0: seven they're doing every sport i'm like i'm like if you want to be a good athlete in football and all that Learn how to uh, control the ball with your feet as right. soon as possible. And you'll be like Bar- Barry Sanders played soccer, um, and he's the top running back ever.
1: Steve Nash, basketball player.
0: Yeah. Good soccer footwork, player. footwork, yeah. footwork. If, if Steve Nash didn't have soccer, he would not have been in the NBA. That's what he says. Impossible.
1: And I agree with him. Oh, I mean, I believe him when he says
0: that. Yeah, footwork. It's the biggest problem we have here at PC with volleyball, basketball. They always talk about their footwork, their yeah. footwork.
1: Yeah. I again, going back to the the clubs and how clubs here in the Valley uh, develop their kids because there's so much emphasis on winning. I'm pretty darn sure that I'm right when I say that 90% of the practice time is worked on tactical stuff, uh, formations, set pieces, conditioning, maybe even strength instead of technique. And I get blamed a lot of times that I focus too much on technique. I'm a big curve method belief, but I also believe it's a piece of it. It's not the the whole story. but that also means that you cannot put that time in tactics or working on corners, right? You only have 90 minutes. You got to
0: make choices. So this is what I did. I, I tried, um, and it worked for me. So when I started coaching, um, when I first started, I had, shoot, I don't even know what year, 98, I think 98. Anyways, when I was, uh, coaching, um, at the Palm Valley Soccer League, and sorry, we we train five days a week. I but five days a week, and we just dribbled. That is it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're like, when are we gonna? I'm like, we're gonna do that game. So I have an hour warm up. I work on all tactics during the warm up because i I knew the math. Like we don't have time no. because they're not doing it at home. I didn't I didn't think of selling them. Like you have to train at home if they would do that, then I could work on tactics. Right. It, so it, it I was always I always tried everything, but always emphasize the importance of technique. And it, you know what's crazy is you'll do technique, like even with nice six girls. Uh, parents will come me all the time, uh, you're gonna do fitness, you're gonna do all this stuff, and when are we gonna start? I'm like, as soon as they can handle the ball yeah. and not lose it. Because I wanna play a certain way and we can't do it. Well, if they're scared to have players, the ball.
1: We lost players because of that parents yeah. that I said, sorry, I'm gonna stick with to my guns. I know what works. And we don't all have to agree, so yeah, you gotta also be able to accept your losses that that yeah. families will leave so
0: be it i re- i will never, and it sounds like you'll never be in that situation. I'd rather not be able to pay my bills than to be be dictated to do the wrong thing yeah. there's no no way no how good, good. but um but it works, but it does work like if if I just believe in you know, just like you do work- you need work ethic. So if you're, I would train four nights a week um, with the night six. It's not five. I backed it to four with them, um, just because I was tired. But um, the uh, four nights a week we went uh, Monday, Wednesday, I would get a different group. Tuesday, Thursday, I would never have them all. Mm-hmm. It was another reason I got to go four times a week because I need to see them all. I can't have them miss a week. Right. And we literally two hours, just dribble, 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 nonstop, and one v ones, play at the end maybe. Four v four, six v six, until I was satisfied that they can have the technique. I would do it forever. Yeah. And parents are like, "Yeah, we got state coming up." I'm like, "We're not ready." Yeah, but I did work on it, and I did all the tactics during warm up. So I would just try to maximize my load of what I have. Passion, passion. Yeah, trying to do the impossible. I always try to do the impossible. Yeah.
1: It just baffles me that that parents still keep drinking the Kool Aid. So they go to these these big clubs. Um, not, not to dish any certain country. You, for example, the English coaches here in the Valley, right? The English, the Brits. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of tactics, seen a lot of strength, seen a lot of conditioning, and yes, they got winning teams. So <coughs> they brand themselves well. However, when is the last time, sorry to say, the English national team has won anything, you know? The Beatles were still together when they won something. And now, then they go, well, the Premier League is the best league in the world. Yeah, maybe it is, but not because of the English players. It's I good. think because of the, the foreigners. And Africa. And Africa, absolutely. So
0: why do they still keep drinking that Kool-Aid? It just baffles me. Well, it's, it's – they don't understand. Like they don't – it's the whole literacy. The they, literacy they don't yeah. know the game at all. They wouldn't know. You know, England did well in the last World Cup. Um, they had a walkthrough. David. I mean they had a walkthrough. And, walk through. and, and what, they, are, what are they
1: missing right now? It is that creative midfield in my yep, eyes. They, they
0: don't have the technical, but they have um they are they have a lot of refugees coming into England and it, you, they're like, look at our U twenties. U twenties eight were people of color. Yep. Eight. There you U twenties. I'm like, you don't even have your own people. So I mean, I mean, we have the same problem here. I'm like, if 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 the US wanted to do really well, they could. The open up academies in South Phoenix in tough neighbor and get the athletes. I've they'll they'll it. learn it faster.
1: And Oh, no, this is a big one. Sorry to make this even longer. Again, my dad paid a hundred guilders. It was back then, uh, to have me play for a whole year. And that was it. That, that included the contribution, coaching fees, tournament fees, everything. Here it is at these two, $4,000. If you go to the clubs, we mentioned that travel, actually, it's probably closer to 10 grand, if not more, if you, uh, calculate hotel costs and whatnot. <coughs> so, a kid that is way more talented in South Phoenix that's playing on the streets has much better work ethics than some of these Caucasian gated community guys will not be able to afford to play at a good soccer team here. So, we got it upside down. It's not a people sport anymore. Not here yeah. it is.
0: Oh, we're, we're sold on this. Uh, we're playing in California, we're playing in Florida and yeah. all this Ula stuff. I'm like, I'm like I don't care. I'm like, I don't want to go. Oh.
1: Right,
0: I, I don't want to go and spend that kind of money and be away from my family. And all that unless stuff. you
1: beat every team here five goals difference, in which case, yes, you need the next challenge. Sure. but
0: sometimes I wonder it's more
1: the parents who want to brag at their local cocktail party.
0: It's an Instagram post. There you go. And uh, we have to get out. That's not what soccer is about. It's it's not what it's, it's about. It, we got to stop worrying about that. It, if the parents really want their kids to be successful in the game or what in life, they need to. To enjoy the game for what it is, it's the game. The game's amazing if Best you, teacher. if and if you could if you could handle the ball without being scared. Yeah, everyone's scared out there. I was at the ECNL. Um, you mean scared to make mistakes, right? Oh my yeah. gosh! I was at the the big ECNL uh, uh, games a month ago. I was invited. Um, I had one of my girls at Millennium, um, and she's really good. Did well with us. Score as a freshman, scoring goals. Um, uh, and she she ended up moving to Colorado, but they're in town playing in this ECNL event. And there's national team coaches there. The staff's there from the youth and stuff. And I'm I'm watching it and um I'm like, it's a train wreck. I'm like, this this is soccer. This is disgusting. It these little 14, 15, 16-year-old girls I was watching, um, it was exactly the same level of technique and same stupidity that the girls I watched at Seattle U play. There's no difference. There's no improvement. It so Seattle U will never change because the product is the same. It's we're not nothing's changing in soccer. It is the same. And the ones that are, the ones that are technical, and I've seen it because I put a lot of kids in division one, which I'm never gonna try to convince a girl ever go division one ever again. Uh, find it. team that plays if you're on division one go stanford go ucla go to the program ucla is all hispanic now almost right they play yeah they're gonna take over you watch
1: i think so it's not matter if it's it's a
0: matter of time um it's and it's interesting when pc two years ago Uh, it's heavy hispanic here on the women's side they played very few teams that play soccer in on the women's side they play all hispanic they actually had the mexican national team keeper on her team they had the most successful season ever. They got to the, they lost in the national semis for the saver, went um, to 1 0 to a team that won it, but they played soccer. Yeah. And they could problem solve. And they're little Hispanic girls.
1: Yeah.
0: And a big, big keeper. But they, they were, I enjoyed watching them play. Yeah. It was soccer. I'm like, I want my daughter to come here. I'm, um, a big, I'm
1: a big Cruyff fan, not only as a player, but also as a coach. And one of the sayings that I really like and I repeat it all the time. And some people call me crazy for saying it, but it's, it. I'd rather lose with my own style than win with a style I'm not not behind. That I don't yeah. stand
0: behind. So, so to get, out, we're, we're gonna have to wrap up. But yeah. um, I, I enjoy this man. I, 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 I find more people like this. They're out there, but there's something we can really do. But uh, one thing I would encourage you to do is uh, start your own podcast. I'll show you after that. Not not to go viral or anything, but just. Uh, it's a nice resource for your parents, and they can literally have an app on their phone to listen to you and your messages. I remember we,
1: we spoke on the phone, and you said, that this, instead of me telling the same story 100,000 times, now you tell a parent, go to my website, check the podcast. If you still have questions, then go.
0: Yes, yeah, and I, like uh, it. I would always respond to parents, and I still do. If they have a question, I even have a college podcasts. Like If they ask me a question, I send them a podcast.
1: Yeah, smart.
0: And just like, that's why.
1: Yeah. No, good idea. So like, it, it'll, be, it'll
0: be, it'd be helpful. Um, so anyways, I, I appreciate you so much for coming on. It, it was an enjoyable conversation there. There is an opportunity to, to make a significant change. I really believe that we just have to be creative in how we are able to educate and it needs to be different. It can't be dictated by U S soccer. It, it really needs to be from the people that are, we're, we're in the grassroots. We're, we're, we're in the struggle right now. U S soccer is hanging out in uh where are they at? What Chicago in some room mm. trying to figure it out for us. I'm like, I don't need those people figuring it out for me. Yeah. I'm like, I know, I know the problems. You're not listening. So um, anyways, thank you so much, Rick Tillman for being on this uh, podcast. This will be my longest podcast with oh, a guest. I'm on, I'm on. I've, I've had 35 minutes before, but we are well past that. So um, no, I appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, working with you in the future. Same here, my friend. Thank you.